The Russia-Ukraine war has entered a positional warfare stage. This is a bad news for Ukraine. You're listening to the Explain Ukraine podcast. Explain Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, an English-language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm a Ukrainian philosopher, journalist and chief editor of Ukraine World. I'm joined by my colleagues Anastasia Heresimchuk and Darya Sinhayevska, journalists and analysts at Ukraine World, to discuss key events in and around Ukraine for the last week. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support our work at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We provide exclusive content for our patrons. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at paypal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Hello, Dasha. Another week has passed, so it's time to discuss key events in and around Ukraine. Dasha, could you outline the main topics we will discuss today? Sure, Nastya. We will outline basically the situation in and around the front lines. We are also going to shed light on um, Ukrainian successful use of Atacams in Crimea. And uh, surely we'll take into account the DPRK's uh, active assistance to Russia. The topics of um, assistance to Ukraine will also get its uh, necessary attention in our podcast. Indeed, much attention is drawn to the developments on the front lines, and Ukraine is carrying out strategically essential operations, and Russia is trying to regain its position. So, Dasha, could you give us more details? Right. The 618th day of defense of Ukraine is underway, and uh, last week some people celebrated Halloween, although the spookiest thing is the idea that nowadays someone can just come and occupy the sovereign territories of another state. Well, Ukrainian forces put things in place, I must say. And uh, we know that Russian political task is uh, unchanged after they wrote in what they call Russian constitution for oblasts of Ukraine as a part of Russian Federation. They are now trying to achieve this, although in vain. And we have started to slowly knock out their artillery. At the same time, we are using small group tactics to drive them out of their uh, strongholds and then clear minefields and gradually advance. The operational situation in eastern and southern um, Ukraine remains indeed difficult. And I guess I'll jump to some overview of situation in different sectors. So basically, the situation in the Volin and Polisia sectors remained unchanged. The, we have no signs of the con- formation of offensive groups. There in the Siversky and Slobozhansky sectors, the enemy maintains a military presence in the border areas, conducts sabotage and reconnaissance activities, shells settlements from the territory of uh, Russia, and uh, increases the density of minefields uh, along the state border. In Kupiansk sector, the enemy conducted unsuccessful assault operations in the areas of Sinkivka, Petropavlivka, Ivanivka in Kharkiv Oblast. Also, the enemy didn't conduct any offensive actions in the Luman sector, 
uh, Russia carried out airstrikes in the areas of uh, Serebrensky forestry in uh, Donetsk Oblast, and about uh, 10 settlements uh, suffered from uh, Russia's artillery and mortar attacks. In uh, Bakhmut sector, uh, Russians unsuccessfully tried to regain lost grounds in the areas of Klishivka and uh, Andreevka. But you see, the number of Russian assaults per day is consistently higher, around uh, 10, 20 per day. In the Marinka sector, I mean, uh, the Russians are actively using aviation there, and uh, the Russian army also suffers high losses in equipment there. For example, uh, there were relevant official images from the 116th Armored Brigade drones operators. Um, Additionally, in the Zaporizhia sector, the enemy unsuccessfully tried to regain their lost ground near Robotne and conducted uh, air strikes near Novodanilivka and uh, Robotna. And um, another sector that's worth attention is Avdiivka. The Ukrainian armed forces have built powerful concrete fortifications and shelters around and in Avdiivka dug tens of kilometers of trenches, and uh, the open area around is mined and heavily shelled. So basically, since 2022, Russians tried to eliminate this barrier, but uh, they failed to do so. And uh, let me give me more details about the situation around Avdiivka, which has remained one of the key hotspots uh, already for three weeks. Uh, it is the most uh, fierce Russian assault uh, since uh, February 2022. So Russian attempts uh, to take the city are so massive and so um, so heavy, let's say, uh, that uh, we indeed can consider it the biggest uh, assault uh, for, uh, for for this year. Uh, so uh, Russian Russian troops don't give up on encircling the town. Uh, however, last week the Russians mitigated their attacks in this direction. In no case it means that the situation is getting better for the Ukrainian side. Uh, Russia is using this time to replenish its losses, regroup and launch a new series of mid-grinder assaults. Simultaneously, uh, the occupiers are carrying out air and artillery preparation for that, directly attacking the Ukrainian front positions and logistic facilities. Um, Avdivka is a strategically important point indeed. Uh, taking it has been a Russian aim since 2014, and now this task uh, for Russians is even, is even more crucial. Uh, now uh, Ukrainian, and, and I will explain why, uh, now the Ukrainian army is blocking the main highways and railways along the front line for the Russians, and um, occupation of Avdiivka may allow uh, the Russian side to push the defenders, Ukrainian defenders, away from Donetsk and open the main logistical routes for its troops in this area. And I don't even mention the image component uh, of uh, success in this direction in Russian political context. Um, what also is important to mention about Avdiivka sector is that uh, it is considered to be the biggest uh, failure of uh, Russian troops in 2023 in terms of uh, soldiers' losses and weaponry losses. However, it is um, important uh, not to forget that even though 
for Ukraine, the bigger losses Russia has, uh, it is better. We shouldn't forget the fact that um, Ukraine has been paying a very dear price uh, for fending off the attacks and to withhold its positions. And um, unlike Russia, Ukraine cares about its soldiers and every loss is a huge tragedy for Ukraine. That is why no matter how big Russian losses are, we should pay attention to what is going on uh, with our troops and with our capabilities. And uh, in this regard, uh, Avdiivka sector indeed is um, troubled, uh, troubled sector for Ukraine because uh, we are losing our people and uh, Russians managed to uh, draw our attention from the key uh, sectors of our counteroffensive. And also, Ukraine take care of Crimea as uh, now reachable territory for f- repelling Russian uh, occupiers out of there. And basically, uh, just a couple of days before, Ukraine struck Crimea for the first time with U.S. long-range Atacams missiles. And uh, it is a strategically important thing because, well, basically in Crimea there are a lot of military bases and uh, some some weaponry which which is important to to repel and, and to just to move to to that place. And uh, according to the commander in chief of the armed forces of Ukraine, that the uh, occupied Ukrainian peninsula is the core of Putin's project to restore his empire. And the entire legitimacy of this project is based on the narrative that Putin has returned Crimea to Russia. And, uh, you know, I just recalled uh, that the Kimith is the fairy tale of the golden cradle, because you see this fairy tale says that uh, the hidden golden cradle in uh, mountain Basman is kind of a symbol of peace and tranquility in Crimea, and that whoever finds it will have power over the over the land. Uh, however, the tale itself says that it is a symbol of prosperity, while has not been found, and peace will prevail. Surely, occupiers just ri- write the story as as it is for for their benefit and. Uh, even in 2015, Crimean go-lighters hilariously presented Putin with a golden cradle, saying that here's the power of a Crimea, and this myth calls for fighting for one's land. And circling back to the topic, Ukraine and its partners want to preserve internationally recognized world order. Meanwhile, we see how authoritarian regimes are united in their wish to substitute rule of law with um, rule of power. So, Nastya, would you share your observations on how did North Korea became uh, become Russia's henchman? Yes, no, North Korea has been making deliveries of weapons to Russia on an unprecedented scale. Uh, according to South Korean intelligence, North Korea has already sent over a million art- artillery shells to Russia, which is enough for about uh, two months of active attacks. In fact, it's a big problem for Ukraine. Uh, this war has become notorious in terms of artillery fire scale, and shells are vital to keep positions and move forward. And Ukraine hasn't received enough shell- uh, hasn't received enough shells. 
the EU has promised to provide a million rounds until March uh, 2024, but it is clear that uh, the plan is being failed to be fulfilled, since currently Ukraine has received only 30% of the promised number. Moreover, there is information that North Korea could transfer short-range uh, short ballistic missiles and missiles for portable anti-aircraft missile systems to Russia. Uh, these developments look really alarming, uh, as, as Yuvdasha said, about the rule of power. So in these terms, this cooperation between two dictator dictatorships gets deeper. And we all know that the North Korean regime is a threat to global and regional security, as well as the Russian. Uh, and this cooperation not only provides Russia with more means to carry out its attacks, but allows North Korea... Uh, to uh, get from Russia more modern technologies to develop its military sector, including the nuclear sector. Um, but that's not the only topic about the military aid in this episode. Um, but now let's pass to a positive side of it. Uh, Ukraine is going to receive a new military aid package from Germany. And at the same time, Ukrainian pilots will start training on F-16 in Romania soon. And Dasha has more to tell about it. For sure. and um, But before that, I would like to emphasize that experts claim we have now reached a point where no single system will bring about a strategic turnaround. We need to somehow get through 2024 while the production of 155mm high explosive munitions in Western countries is increasing to the level we need. That is why, for example, Atacams missiles in the cluster variant and F-16s with the appropriate ammunition for ground strikes in particular are simply about ensuring that we can continue to fight. And nevertheless, we indeed have new package provided by uh, Germany. Uh, basically, the new package is part of a previously announced uh, 1 billion euro aid package aimed at strengthening Ukraine's air defense. And it includes armored vehicles, reconnaissance UAVs, uh, surface drones, um, printer for the production of printed circuit boards and uh, many, many other thing, things. And in addition, the package includes uh, two TRML for the search and correction radar stations, which are used as a part of the IRIS-T SLM air defense missile system. And moreover, Dutch Prime Minister Mark Rutte spoke with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, and uh, among other things, Rutte said that the F-16 fighter jets promised to protect Ukrainian skies would arrive at a training center in Romania, as Nesta told in two weeks. Once the F-16s arrive in Romania, training courses for Ukrainian pilots on these aircrafts will uh, soon begin, uh, and uh, this was the matter of um, general Zaluzhny uh, article, so maybe Nesta would like to shed some light on this matter. Uh, yes, the uh, I, I want to give more details about what is uh, what are the problems uh, Ukrainian armed forces are facing on the front lines. And uh, I also want to tell about the article the uh, commander of Ukraine's armed forces, Valery Zaluzhny, wrote uh, to address this situation. And uh, he also offered solutions how to find the way out. 
so um, the generals allusioning warns that the war is entering a positional warfare, warfare stage. Um, he outlined the problems that Ukraine is facing now uh, on the front lines and um, the solutions he offers uh, should be uh, implemented as soon as possible uh, because as of now it's not too late to change the situation for better. So what does the positional warfare stage mean? It is a prolonged phase of static and attritional fighting. It is extremely dangerous to Ukraine and highly beneficial to Russia, uh, since Russia can rebuild its military power while Ukraine has all the risks to get uh, exhausted both uh, economically and militarily. And of course, we shouldn't uh, omit um, the fact of internal domestic political situation. And the longer war lasts, the more risks for uh, domestic stability Ukraine has. So General Zaluzhny points at the facts that uh, it is important not to underestimate Russia. And despite the heavy losses, uh, it, has, it still has superiority in number of weapons and troops. And it also manages to increase the uh, military production despite all the sanctions. Uh, he also mentioned factors that allow Russia to direct the course of war to more favorable uh, mode for itself. And here we talk about the dominance in the air uh, and the ability to bu build new squadrons, about Russia's counter-battery fire, which uh, significantly improved due to the use of Lancet loitering munitions uh, together with reconnaissance drones and about increased production of precision-guided shells. Uh, however, it is impossible to say that everything is lost. And uh, there are uh, priorities. There are priority things that Ukraine uh, should uh, make, the actions the Ukraine uh, should attain uh, to change the situation for better. And here we talk about the uh, about reaching the air superiority, uh, usage of much uh, improved electronic warfare and counter-battery capabilities, uh, new mine breaching technologies, and the ability to mobilize and train more reserves. Uh, so all uh, these actions could actually bring back the war from uh, this uh, positional phase back to maneuver phase. And uh, getting, uh, getting uh, weapon supplies from our partners is extremely critical in this regard. Uh, but here we talk not, not only about the supplies from the West, but also about the ability of Ukraine to produce more. Uh, regarding training reserves, uh, Ukraine is um, considering the possibility of so-called uh, so um, field trainings when the newly mobilized soldiers uh, learn how to effectively fight in the uh, more uh, experienced, uh, experienced groups and battalions. So this is a kind of... Uh, Training, training on the on the grounds, and it is also important to uh, develop our own training capabilities. Having NATO, in, uh, having instructors from the NATO state states is great, uh, and uh, this helps Ukraine a lot. 
But Ukrainian military, Ukrainian officers, they have first-hand experience and they know uh, how to use certain kinds of weaponry in the uh, conditions, in the current war conditions, and uh, how to develop better tactics and strategies uh, on the ground. That is why, despite the NATO experience, is extremely important. Uh, the Ukrainian first-hand experience uh, is even more important in this regard. Uh, so to have more capable troops, um, Ukraine is uh, most probably is going to launch these um, trainings, training programs, uh, but already by using our own expertise. And hopefully it, will, it may uh, help uh, to change the situation and uh, um, make uh, Ukraine more capable on the battlefield. Uh, so these are, this is all news for today and thank you for being with us. This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by Ukraine World, an English-language website about Ukraine. My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm a Ukrainian philosopher, journalist and chief editor of Ukraine World. This was a conversation between my colleagues Anastasia Heresemchuk and Darya Sinhayevska, journalist and analyst at Ukraine World. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Let me remind you that you can support our work at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. We provide exclusive content for our patrons. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front lines at PayPal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. You can find these links in the description of this episode. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.